All right, good morning. Am I on? Yep. All right, good deal. Well, my name is Brent Akers, and I am the student ministry leader here at Warehouse Church. Um, so I'm filling in this week. You know, as you know, we're transitioning uh, to a new pastor, and so they asked me to speak today, and I thought, man, what, what a, a good way to say, hey, thank you to the parents who are faithfully bringing their kids to youth ministry on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock, and to those who are coming out on their own who are driving, I love you all, and thank you all so much for coming. And to those parents who are not, who their kids aren't as involved, hey, maybe, maybe I can shamelessly plug that we're having a Christmas party tonight at 6 o'clock. It's an ugly Christmas sweater party. We're just going to hang out. We've got really good food. It's not pizza. It's real food. We're going to have games and prizes, and I just want to encourage, if you are from 6th grade to 12th grade, you know anyone in that age group, drag them here tonight. We'll have a good time, I promise you, uh, and I just wanted to kind of plug that in. All right, so when they asked me to speak, I kind of, I had a, a, a message that directly came to me, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm, this is what I'm going to speak on, um, and then I started, I, get, I still I kept thinking, well, Maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to speak on because what if someone else is going to talk about this? And I just didn't want to do the same message, you know, back-to-back Sundays. And then I come to find out, oh, yes, you are going to speak on the same thing. So I was like, you know what? This would be a good opportunity to kind of show you a small, uh, take a whole series that we did called Bittersweet and kind of condense it to one sermon just to give you an idea of, hey, this is what we're going through upstairs. This is what we're talking about upstairs. And like I said, maybe just to be an encouragement. So today we're going to talk about forgiveness. And forgiveness is an area in my life that I'm so thankful for. I'm th- so thankful that I have a loving God who has forgiven me. And for nothing that I've done, and for all the wrong that I've done, He forgives me because of His grace and grace alone. I can't earn His forgiveness. There's nothing I can do, to a checklist to make sure, hey, if I do these things, then God will love me and forgive me. But I wanted to focus more on us as Christians and how are we supposed to extend that grace and how are we supposed to extend that forgiveness. All right, so let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, so much for this day. Uh, Thank you so much for the opportunity to come into your house and to worship you. Uh, Lord, I ask that in these next few minutes, um, I don't believe anybody is here by mistake. I don't believe anybody is listening online by mistake. And I ask that for these next few minutes as I speak, Lord, that I can speak uh, the way that you have me. And I ask that we can, we can remove any kind of distractions that's going on in our life so that we can focus on you and what you have for us today. Lord, I thank you so much for forgiving me of my sins and loving me and being so gracious to me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So listen, I am a big kid at heart. Or in other words, I am immature. All right, so I love a good prank. I don't perform as many pranks anymore. You know, I'd like to scare my kids from time to time or my wife, you know, but for the most part, like, I still like watching YouTube videos with my daughter of different pranks. If I'm scrolling through TikTok, a prank will come up. I like it as long as it's not one of those ones that are, like, clearly staged. I can't stand those. And I also like this show called Impractical Jokers. All right, if you're not familiar with the show, it's these group of guys who, who have been friends and they get together and they do these, these crazy things out in, out in public, right? And they're, they have to do whatever's being told uh, by, their, by their friends. And 
If they decide like, oh, that's too far, or I can't say this, or I can't do this, you know, they get like a red X or like a red thumbs down. And whoever has the most thumbs down at the end of the episode, they have to do a punishment. Now, the deal with the punishment is you do not have the option to say no to this. And in one of the episodes, uh, a guy named Sal had to get a tattoo. And it wasn't just any tattoo. It was a thigh piece, right? He got it right up here on his thigh. And to make it even worse, it was of a, a young Jaden Smith. All right, and if you're not familiar with Jaden Smith, that's Will Smith's son. And it, it was a young photo of him. So now this guy has to walk around for the rest of his life with this creepy tattoo on his thigh of a young boy, right? So you've got to think, like, how do you come back from that? Like, how do you be like, all right, that's funny. I have this for the rest of my life, and it's creepy, and it's weird, and it's forever there. Like, how do you forgive that and move on to continue your life, all right? So sometimes people really close to us will hurt us, and it'll make us angry. And we will hold on to that grudge towards them. And it may not be as extreme as tattooing a young child on your thigh that you don't know, right? But it could be something little. Maybe a coworker that you really trusted, that you thought was your really close friend, that you told all your secrets to and your insecurities to, you heard them talking about you behind your back, right? Maybe, maybe someone on, on social media made a post and you thought it was directed to you, or maybe it was directed to you, right, and it hurt your feelings. And what happens when we have these types of, when we have these types of feelings and these grudges, it starts to, this bitterness starts to creep into our lives. And if we're honest, sometimes holding on to this bitterness can feel sweet, right? Sometimes we just want to hang on to these grudges because that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. They didn't tell me they were sorry. They didn't earn my forgiveness yet, right? So they, you know, I'm going to hang on to this anger and this annoyance and frustration, right? And so sometimes, you know, if you're, if, when you're a small child or if you have small kids, right, you, you, you know, these kids are playing together. One of them just hauls off and hits the other kid. And the parent's like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Go tell them you're sorry. And the kid's like, I'm sorry. And the parent's like, no, no, you have to mean it. I'm sorry. And then as the other kid, you're expected just to be like, oh, yeah, thanks. I accept your apology. And let's just play like nothing happened. And it, even as a small kid, that's like, wait, I don't like that. Like, this kid hit me, and, and they gave me a half-hearted apology. And now I'm supposed to just forgive them and move on like nothing's happening. And as a small child, that can be tough. But it's even tougher as an adult, right? When we get, when we get hurt, especially by those who are closest to us, it's hard to just forgive them and let go of that, right? So what do we do with the worst stuff that happens to us, especially when it starts to consume all of our thoughts, right? So let's look at what Paul said about this. And just a reminder, Paul didn't have it easy. He was a huge target uh, during, during his time. After Jesus had ascended to heaven, you know, the Christian church really started to grow. And Paul was kind of like a one of the main faces of, of the growth of the Christian church. So he was in prison multiple times. He was beaten and eventually killed for his beliefs. But Paul wrote this and said, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. So some of you all may think, Well, I'm not going to, just because someone hurt me, I'm not going to do an evil act towards them, right? I'm not going to get my revenge on it. But sometimes paying back evil for evil can sound like this. 
He never apologized, so I can't forgive him. They don't deserve my forgiveness after what they did or said. They didn't earn my forgiveness, or they haven't paid for what they did. Right, so according to what Paul's writing here, not only are we supposed to give the other person what they, we're not supposed to give the other person what they have coming to them, but we're also supposed to just be nice to these people. And, and that's really tough to do, right? When someone hurts you, you got, not only do you not get, need to get your revenge, but you've got to be nice on top of it. But Paul understood this truth about bitterness and what holding on to hurt can do. And the truth is, is the more you hold on to a grudge, the more it'll hold on to you. So this bitterness we hang on to is just us being unforgiving. All right? So growing up, I always thought that forgiveness was I needed to forgive this other person so that other person can feel like they're freed from what they've done. I need, a, I need to forgive so they're off the hook. Right? But forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for me. Because when I forgive, I can begin to heal. So forgiveness is for us, right? And so forgiveness is the conscious decision to let go of someone's debt to us and not expect them to make up for it. Yes, what they did may have been wrong. And yes, maybe they do owe you an apology or maybe they owe you more than that. But you decided to forgive and let go before they paid you back. So we benefit from forgiveness because when we truly forgive, we can start letting go of the hurt. Right? We can let go of the bitterness and the resentment. And then we can, then that person that hurt you no longer has control of your feelings, no longer has control of your thoughts. They're no longer consuming your everyday thoughts because you've let go and you forgive. But I want to be clear on what forgiveness is not. All right? So forgiveness is not that you aren't hurt. Right? You can forgive and still be hurt by their actions. You can forgive. Forgiveness is not that the other person shouldn't experience a consequence, right? There's consequences to our actions. And just because we forgive, it's not our responsibility to, to deal out these consequences because we are not just enough to be able to judge and, and deal out consequences. It is, when we forgive, it is not for the other person's benefit. When we forgive, it doesn't mean the relationship between the two of you have to, has to stay the same. And I really wanted to point this out, especially upstairs when I'm talking to uh, high school or middle school students who are in relationships and, you know, they're just, they're just not, maybe they're not in a good relationship. And you can forgive the person that you're in a relationship with, but that doesn't mean that relationship has to stay the same. Just because you forgive them doesn't mean you have to get back together. Just because you forgave them doesn't mean all's washed away, we're good now, right? Sometimes you can forgive and that relationship just doesn't come back together. And that's okay. And lastly, forgiveness doesn't condone or excuse the offense of the offender. All right? So, how do we know if we're holding on to the bitterness? Right? Well, I'm a newer teacher. This is my second year. So, I have a lot of principals and different people observing me. And according to my studies, I am supposed to incorporate questions that you, you can answer. All right, so here's my lesson today, and here's my questioning. And don't answer these aloud. All right, so how do we know if we're hanging on to some bitterness? We got four questions. Do you have arguments with someone in your head? All right, I'm going to be super transparent through these, and yes, I do. I love a one-liner one zing, right? I feel like I'm pretty clever, and I can come up with a good, but there's sometimes 
I'm saying, you know, I'm having a confrontation or whatever it may be. I'm like, ah, I wish I would have said this to this person instead. Are you giving a close friend or family member the silent treatment? I've got to be careful with this one because my wife is here this service. So we won't talk about what we did in the first service, but sometimes that happens. But through 13 years of marriage, we've improved on this. All right. Um, is it uh, uh, number three? Do you leave passive aggressive comments on their Facebook or full transparency? Better yet, do you screenshot them and send them to someone else with a snarky comment? Right? Because I know. I, I, have, I have tried to stay off of Facebook comment sections. So sometimes in order for me to do that, I just like to take a screenshot and say, hey, this is what I would have said. Isn't that great? Right? So, and then number four, do you think about a way you could pay someone back for what they did to you? All right. So listen, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you're probably experiencing some kind of bitterness. You probably have a grudge against someone and you're hanging on to it. Now, I realize many of us in here, you may be stuck in some, like, real pain. You may, you may have been hurt deeply by someone that you really care about. And it makes it really complicated to deal with, and your, your hurt and your anger is justified. All right? Just because you forgive, it doesn't change that you're hurt. It doesn't change that you're angry about this. All right? But the only way that we can find freedom from this anger is to forgive even when they don't deserve it. Especially when they don't deserve it. Even if they don't say they're sorry, we have to extend this forgiveness. And because when we're hurt and we're angry, I know that forgiveness can feel like a cop-out. It can feel like I'm just letting this person go free and clear. I am letting this person off the hook even when they don't deserve it. But again, I want to I look back at what Paul said in Romans. And at this time, you know, the, the, the leaders in Rome, you know, they were like, oh, look, isn't this cute? They are, we have Christians now. But as the Christian faith grew and grew, right, they became more and more aware of Christians and they started persecuting Christians in Rome. And they were killing Christians. They were beating Christians just for their faith. But this is what Paul wrote. He said, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So Paul's saying here, we need to look another way. We're no longer going to focus on, on what's fair or what's unfair. We're not going to focus on what's just or unjust. Right? God, God forgave us of our sins. Therefore, we should forgive of their sins. Right? And it says, if you understand who God really is, it changes how we should see forgiveness. Right? If you felt God's forgiveness, if you felt his love and you felt his grace and you declare that you're a Christian, how can we expect non-Christians and non-believers to understand God's grace and God's love if the hands and feet of Jesus aren't extending that same grace and forgiveness to others? Right? So the truth is, is we've gotten it all wrong and we have plenty, we have plenty deserve our punishment from God. I know in my life I've done plenty of wrongs, but it's nothing more than God extending his love to me that I can even be allowed to be standing here and even pretend like I know what I'm talking about, right? God didn't hold back. He saw me at my, at my very worst, and he didn't flinch. He sent his son Jesus with no conditions, right? So God looks at all we've done, 
And he didn't dismiss us. He loves us, but he, he dismisses our sins. God didn't cancel us. He canceled our wrongs. Right? And so we look at this, and it says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. All right, so during this week, uh, when we were upstairs, I had the students take a piece of paper, and they drew this, like, stick figure, gingerbread-looking character. And we said, hey, this is your ideal friend. If you can make up the best friend that you could possibly think of, on the left-hand side of this paper, we're going to list everything that's good. Right, for me, it's like, oh, they're smart, and they're funny, and they like sports, and we have good communication, and they're faithful, right? Like, we list all the good things that we have. Then I had them right on the, on the right-hand side of the paper. All the things wrong that they could have done, right? If you felt pain before by someone that you was close to you, write it down on the right-hand side. Write down that, oh, they left me out of a party that I wanted to go to. They didn't include me in their weekend plans. They said this about me, right? They did this to me. And, and while we were doing that, we, you know, the list kind of grew and grew of the bats. And so we're looking at this, and I had them focus. I wanted you to look at all the bad, right? And we've all heard the saying, we don't need that negativity in our life, right? And so we focus on the negatives, and we're looking at the negatives, and I finally said, hey, let's throw away the negativity. So I had them wad up that paper and just throw it away. Just throw it to the ground. And in that moment, it felt good. It felt good to get rid of that negativity. It felt good to get rid of, of all this bad. But we still missed out on all the good. Right? What if God looked at me in my life and said, here's this huge list of bad and a couple good things. Right? What if he threw me away? Where would my life be? Right? But God didn't throw us away. And, and he, like I said, he canceled our debts. And that's what we should do to our friends and to people who are close to us. Instead of throwing them away, cancel their debts, right? It's okay to call out bad for bad. I'm not saying you don't call them out for when they're doing wrong. But if you throw that person away, you're missing a whole list of what's good. So when we call out, when we call out what's wrong... We should refuse to sum up a person by only the things that they've done wrong, right? The things we've done wrong don't tell the whole story of who we are. And we shouldn't define others by only what they've done wrong because we can miss a whole list of good. So a little extra about me. I'm not really good at being patient. I don't like things to go slow. I want things to get a move on. So, for example, if you're driving up 23 here, and the speed limit's 55, and you're going 65 in the left, left lane, you need to move over, right? Because some of us need to go, right? Um, I love Amazon Prime, two-day shipping. So I can't understand why I need to get a package from across the world, and it takes more than three days. It doesn't make sense to me, right? Or have you ever been looking for food in the freezer, and you see this box, and you're reading the instructions, like, all right, it'll take 25 minutes in the oven, or three minutes in the microwave. I know it's going to taste so much better if I bake it, but I've got to wait for it to preheat. Then I've got to wait all this extra time for, uh, for the cooking time. No, I think I'll just stick it in the microwave and eat soggy taquitos, right? So that's just who I am. I just want stuff to happen fast. But the bad thing is that sometimes stuff takes time. 
And, and healing takes time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you've tried forgiveness before. Maybe like, I forgave them, but I don't feel any different. I forgave this person, but they keep doing the same thing over. I, for, I tried it, and it doesn't work for me. But like I said, sometimes forgiveness takes time. So we're going to look at another story here uh, from, the New, or from the Old Testament of Joseph. So Joseph was the youngest of 11 brothers. And being the youngest, in this case, he just so happened to be the dad's favorite. Dad gave him this multicolored uh, coat that he wore around, and he kind of pranced around in it. And the brothers just couldn't stand it. Well, then Joseph had this, uh, he had this gift to be able to interpret dreams. And one of the dreams he had when he was 17, he's told him, one day, Dad and all of my brothers are going to bow to me. And I think that was just the last straw for the brothers. They're like, we got to get rid of this dude. We can't stand him anymore. Right? So they plotted to kill him. And I don't know what happened between then and, and afterwards, but maybe they had a conscience enough to like, hey, maybe killing him's too far. So instead they just sold him into slavery. Right? So, so Joseph has now been sold into slavery in Egypt. But then something happens and he gets framed uh, for a crime and he's thrown into prison. Well, while he's in prison, uh, he interprets a dream uh, for someone, and that someone just so happened to be the king's cupbearer. And a cupbearer, if you're not familiar, is just someone who eats or drinks before the king to make sure that it's not poisoned. If the person lives, then the king's allowed to eat and drink. So the cupbearer's in there, and, and Joseph interprets this dream. Uh, and I guess the cupbearer gets out, he gets set free, and the pharaoh of Egypt, you know, gets this horrible dream. He doesn't understand it. And that cupbearer is like, hey, I know this guy in prison who can interpret dreams. So they call Joseph up, and Joseph interprets his dream. The Pharaoh's impressed by this. And the dream was that, hey, basically, there's going to be this great famine across the land. And if we don't prepare for it, we're doomed. We're going to die. We're not going to have food or supplies. And the Pharaoh, like I said, was impressed by it. So he named Joseph to be over the lands. So 22 years after being sold into slavery... This famine happens. And guess who shows up in Egypt to get food and supplies? His brothers. The same guys who sold him into slavery, and this, all this awful stuff from then on happened. Well, they didn't recognize Joseph, right? You're thinking there's no, you would never have thought, hey, this guy that we sold into slavery all these years ago is now kind of a ruler of the lands. But this is what Joseph says when his brothers come to him. And he said, Please come closer. So the brothers came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves. For selling me to this place, it was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Right, so a couple things from this is, one, Joseph had clearly forgave these guys for all that they, because they put into place some awful things for his life. But it's clear here that he already forgave them. And not only did he forgive them, he's given them permission to tell them, hey, you need to forgive yourself for what you've done. And I'll be honest with you, 22 years of everything that he's gone through, I'm thinking of a lot of good one-liners in that time, and I'm fighting with them in my head for 22 years until I see their faces again. And I'm not sure I would be able to extend that same grace and that same, that same forgiveness that he did here, right? I'd be petty, I'd be bitter, Right? But Joseph 
shows us that over time we can make the best of a worse situation. All right, and like I said, there is no quick fix to forgiveness. Healing takes time. And Peter, one of uh, Jesus' disciples, one of Jesus' really good friends when he was here on earth, he asked the question, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And Jesus replied with, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Right? I remember hearing this as a kid, and I always thought, all right, seven times 70, that's 490. So I can basically make the same mistake 490 times, and I'm good. Right? God's just going to keep forgiving me as long as I don't cross that line. But I've always kind of been a numbers person. Then I started getting really worried because I'm like, wait a second. If I lie every other day, I'm doomed in under three years. So then I got really nervous. But luckily I learned that, hey, this passage didn't say God's going to forgive you 490 times. 490 times is just a, it's just a number that Jesus kind of threw out here. What he's saying is like, hey, he knew forgiveness wasn't going to stick with us. He knew that, that forgiveness takes effort and it takes time and it takes forgiving more than once. You know, so if, if, you're someone, if you're someone like me, you hear, hey, forgiveness takes time and effort. And it's not just, oh, I can forgive them seven times and on that seventh time, I feel better. Right? For some of you, this might be good news, though, because you're like, I, for, I keep trying to forgive and I keep trying to forgive, but I'm still hurt. Well, for you, this is saying it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to forgive and still feel hurt, but it takes time before you can feel free of this, right? So if you want the quick fix, like if you're like me and you want to be like, hey, here's my seven times, and on the seventh time, it's better, that's just not how it works, unfortunately. Because Jesus doesn't want forgiveness to be something to meet a checklist. He wants it to be something to happen in our hearts. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and ask the band to come up. And I've talked a lot about, hey, this is why we need to forgive. This is, we need to forgive. But I haven't really told us exactly how to forgive. And, and so I've got a couple things here on, on why, how do we forgive. And it's not complicated, but I'm going to admit it's challenging. All right, so step number one, pray for the person who hurt you. And I know, I can feel it, I can feel your collective groan inside of you, right? Saying, how, how do I pray for someone who has hurt me so deeply? How do I pray for this person that I can no longer trust? How can I pray for a person that I can't even speak their name? Right? But maybe your prayer starts small. Maybe your prayer is just, Jesus, I am so hurt and angry. Right? Maybe that's how you start your prayer because you can't even speak their name. Maybe you feel hate towards that person. I know this is church and we're not supposed to hate, but let's be real. Sometimes we feel hate in our heart. And if we cannot be real with the one who knows everything, then who can we be real with? So maybe your prayer looks like, God, I hate this person right now. And I know, I know I'm not supposed to have these feelings. And I'm asking you, please, soften my heart so I don't have these feelings so I can eventually pray for this person. Right? And then eventually what happens is through the power of prayer and through, through the consistency of praying for this person over and over, eventually you can say their name in the prayer. Eventually you can say their name and you can pray for their benefits. Right? And then we'll look at step number two. Serve them. 
And I know, I know it's like, ugh, how? Right? And I don't mean you invite them over to dinner and you, you sit them down at the table and you hand them food and drinks and you serving them can look a lot of different ways. Maybe serving them is just giving them a friendly reminder like, hey, our friend group's meeting up this weekend and I didn't know if you knew about it, but I just wanted to remind you. Maybe serving them, it looks like, maybe serving them is just letting them know that, hey, you're a co-worker and we have a meeting this evening and I didn't know if you remembered or you knew about it, but I didn't want you to get in trouble, so make sure you're there. Right? Serving them can be tiny little things. Maybe you're in a situation where serving them you don't need to have contact with this person. Maybe this person really, really hurt you and contact with that person isn't the best idea. So serving them can be just praying for them and praying for their benefit. Right? And then lastly is to repeat it. Do it over and over. Pray and serve and pray and serve. And it sounds difficult, but, but this is the way forward. Because ultimately, forgiveness isn't about the other person. It's about us. And it's about us to start to heal. Because right now, I know that we are a community, and we are a state, and we are a country, and we are a world that's divided by hurt. Right? We have ideas on one side and ideas on the other side, and we're divided. But we're the, we're the church. Yeah. And if we, cannot, if we cannot extend forgiveness, and if we cannot extend grace that God gave us, then how is the 90% of Floyd County that's ever supposed to experience it if we don't show them? All right? So I'm just begging you if, you, if you need to forgive someone, maybe maybe you've never felt the forgiveness from God before. Maybe you asked for forgiveness when you were younger and it's been years since you asked for forgiveness and you feel burdened and you feel weighed down by, by what other people have done. Don't allow them to control your feelings and your thoughts anymore. Bring it to God and set yourself free. Right? Maybe the person you need, you need to forgive is yourself. Right? Because sometimes we do stupid things. We make stupid mistakes. And sometimes it's hard for us to let go of what we've done. So I'm asking you, I'm begging you, if you've never experienced that love and that grace and that forgiveness from God, the altar's open for you. Right? Maybe today, before the Christmas time starts, maybe there's someone that you can think of that, man, I, I need to forgive this person. And maybe your first step is today is just cut, bring it to Jesus at the altar today. Whatever it may be, I'll be up front. I'll be happy to pray with you. Maybe you want to pray by yourself. Whatever it is, bring it to him so you can experience that freedom. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your love and thank you so much for your freedom and your grace. Lord, I know that the only reason I'm here today and the only reason that I have any good in my life is because of you. And I ask you, Lord, that I want that experience for everyone. And God, I have a burden in my heart for the 90% who aren't here. And I have a burden for those who should be here who've left us. And God, I just ask that we can forgive and we can begin this healing process so that we can extend that grace and that love to them. In Jesus' name we pray.